Welcome to Soul Lies, where the spiritual and the soul crosses paths. Stay tuned to learn ways to grow your spiritual understanding in order to realize your soul beliefs. This podcast will help you learn the truth and propel you towards freedom in Christ Jesus. This is Jenny Fouts, licensed counselor in Louisiana at Christian Center Shreveport. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me today as we talk about the motives of our heart. Today, we're going to switch it around and we're going to talk about how and what we do with the motive of others' hearts and how our motives will often show up in what we think other motives of people's hearts are. So today, I'm going to start out with a verse in 1 Samuel chapter 1. This is where Hannah, who you know could not have children, and they would go up to make sacrifice, and her husband, even though he would honor her, give her extra sacrifice, she would weep bitterly, and she wouldn't eat. She, you know, her heart says that her heart was sad. And her husband goes to ask her in verse 8, then her husband Elkaha, I'm not sure how to say that, but her husband would say to her, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Then Hannah, of course, here's a man who doesn't doesn't understand and doesn't get it, right? We should all be able to relate. But then Hannah got up after eating and drinking. So she ate and drank because her husband was like, I'm good to you. What's going on? And um, she went to the house of the Lord. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorstep of the temple of the Lord. Verse 10. She, greatly distressed, prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she made a vow and said, Lord of armies, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your bondservant and remember me and do not forget your bondservant, but will give your bondservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and a razor shall never come on his head. Now it came about, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli was watching her mouth. As for Hannah, she was speaking in her heart. Only her lips were quivering, but her voice was not heard. So Eli thought she was drunk. So he goes to confront her, right? Then Eli said to her, How long will you behave like a drunk? Get rid of your wine. But Hannah answered and said, No, my lord, I am a woman despairing in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured my heart out, poured out my soul before the Lord. So you can see here, as we go on through this story, you know that God grants her Samuel. And she does take Samuel to go and live with Eli. But here we are in a place where Eli is watching her in disgust because 
he thinks she's drunk over there. And she is weeping and doing whatever else that she was doing, praying in her heart. Because it specifically says she was praying in her heart, not speaking out. So Eli did not hear her. But assumes that she's drunk. Assumes that her motive is up here before the Lord acting a fool and being drunk. So he goes to rebuff, rebuff her, basically, and shoo her off. Now, Eli, in doing that, if there was actually a drunk person there in doing that, that's considered honorable because he's keeping the you know temple holy and pure. But she tells him, no, 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 that's, that's not right. So he had judged her heart wrongly. Many times when we see people... Maybe they're angry on the outside, but really on the inside, they're hurt, they're scared, they're um, depressed. And we don't know for sure, but see, Jesus knows that heart. Jesus heard the prayers deep within her heart because we know that he answered them because we have Samuel. So we know that he heard the prayers that she spoke inside of her heart. But we've all had judgments given to us that are not right. We've all been accused of motives that were not right. We all know what that feels like. We all know how it feels to be accused of something that's not true. And we also know what it's like to, when we say that's not true, for someone not to believe us that that's not true because they've gotten in their head that they're, they are completely right. You can speak what the motive of your heart is or what's going on, but they know that they're right. But it's wrong. So what, what do you do with that? Depends on the relationship, right? If it's a close family relationship, which is often what we do is with close friends, close family is we judge wrongly a motive so to keep from being that prideful arrogant place that we know that we're right and what the motive is we can ask them why did you do such and such why are you being such and such and it may have absolutely nothing to do with you maybe they did snap at you but really they're very upset with something else that they are experiencing might have zero to do with you but you think it has something to do with you because of they being snappy or gripey or you know snarky with you but really it's not but until you ask them you don't know for sure because only Jesus knows those kind of answers so when you see someone who's crying who's upset you don't really know the full motive of what their heart is. You don't really know what's going on unless the Lord reveals that to you. For you to be able to pray, for you to be able to talk to, for you to be able to comfort, for you to be able to be maybe his heart to them. They need that. But... In close family, that's how we get ourselves tangled up, is we assume wrong motives. 
And in assuming of those wrong motives, we get ourselves kind of tied up into a bigger conflict, a, a bigger strifeful place with the person that we love and care about than if we had just asked them. Maybe what's really going on with that elderly parent is they're scared of dying. They're scared of being alone. They're scared of being out of control. They're scared of not having things that are familiar to them. And it maybe it comes out as being needy and um, demanding. Maybe that's part of what's going on. But you don't know those things because, you know, we get in the family situation and we get really very, very self-contained in what we think is being right. Maybe some of what you think is right. But what, what do you do with that? The Lord says you love others more than yourself. He says that, oh, in lots of places. How about the greatest commandment? Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, and that is really, really hard to do. Really, really hard to do. Loving your neighbor as yourself. Because, you know, I would do everything I could to try to help me and save me, but am I going to really do that for my neighbor? I don't know. You really have to know the motives of your heart when you're working in those kind of arenas, doing those kind of things. And you have to kind of know your gifting, too, and what and how your gifting is expressed through that situation. So when you are busily knowing another person's motive, think about what Samuel did with David and finding David. Or at his height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God does not see as man sees, since man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So we know that through this story, Samuel learned to get David, the youngest of them all, David to be anointed as king. Don't you know that probably hacked off his brothers? But the Lord looks at the heart. So he knows your heart. Maybe someone else doesn't know your heart, but he knows your heart. Others may look just at the outside and only see a package. But what he sees is your heart. And he loves you. And he wants your heart to know him. So let's not look at the package today. Let's try looking at others today how he does. Asking the Lord about the heart. The heart of a person. People are getting more and more desperate for who he is and what what he has and the peace and the rest. So try to practice today listening to your heart, to his heart, through your heart, and hear somebody else's heart and give them an encouraging word today. 
Thank you for listening. I hope this has encouraged you. Bye-bye. So Lies is meant for information only. It is not a substitute for counseling.